Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. I am the titular girlfriend, Cindy. With me as always is Josh. Hello. Hey. I, I, I want to... I want a titular. You want a titular? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the podcast that talks all about horrors, history, and uh, tries to get me to uh, live to another film. This month we are doing all about bad fathers, and we kicked it off with the father of all horror movies, <coughs> uh, the original, the OG Frankenstein, written by Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley very important if you don't understand that listen to our previous episode this week what are we doing bride of frankenstein bride of frankenstein also i don't know if bad dads is an i mean i guess with definitely with this movie and the last movie um, bad dads but it's more just like horror fathers okay preeminent fathers of horror okay um and there's going to be a really interesting link that i'm super excited about between these movies and the subsequent two movies but today we are well the link between this one is it's frankenstein and then his bride yes so Um, this is like one of the first sequels ever in movies and it sets up the thing that rarely happens where the sequel is better than the original really yes this movie um is widely regarded as being better than When the did this movie come out? Because uh, the original Frankenstein was in, what, 31 or 32? Mm-hmm. So when did this one 31. come out? This came out May 6th, 1935. 1935? 1935. Okay. 1935. So what was going on in the world? I'm trying to figure... I'm trying to... Okay. All right, you ready for this? 1935 was fucking wild, y'all. As I was looking up, I was like, what happened in 1935? craziness craziness so uh 1935 the italian co- uh the italian colonies of tripoli and Cyrenice mm-hmm. joined to create libya <laughs> okay so there you go There's libya that. became a country uh the Lindbergh kidnapping trial began Ugh. yeah amelia Earhart became the first person to fly solo from hawaii to california cool the FBI killed the Barker gang in a shootout. <laughs> the Barker gang. Yeah, Ma okay. Barker. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, Monopoly was released. <laughs> okay. Uh, Persia officially became Iran. Okay. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. Porky Pig debuted. It was the summer of the Dust Bowl happening. All right. Where the, the worst storms occurred. Babe Ruth played his last professional baseball game. All right. FDR signed the Social Security Act into law. Bum, ba, ba, ba. 1935 was crazy. Wild year. Uh, people that were born that year, Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Julie Andrews. <laughs> Dang. People that died, Will Rogers, T.E. Lawrence. Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, the, the actual Lawrence The of actual Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. This, uh, all right. When I think of this movie... Let me tell you what I think this movie is going to be about. I will say I I don't know much about like the sequels of any of these. When I think of The Bride of Frankenstein, I think of that, that iconic hair to the, you know, the black straight up hair with the white streak mm-hmm. through it. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to say this is going to be a movie about 
kind of, you know, Frankenstein is lonely. And so they may, they do the same thing, but with a woman. That's okay. what I'm going to say. All right. Um, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. before we get into talking about the production of this movie, um, m- the theory that I told you last week right. about it being a gay allegory. You definitely seen in this one? Two men create, yeah, this movie, 100%. You should really look for that subtext because I really, I do agree with um, some film critics that James Whale put that in on purpose. And if you're looking for it, it's there. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, so The Bride of Frankenstein is one hour and 15 minutes long. Yes, that's my movie. It is directed by James Whale, who directed Frankenstein. He also directed The Old Dark House and The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man is low-key the craziest universal horror film. Like, he kills more people than any of the monsters, but no one ever remembers that. He, like, crashes a train. <laughs> kills, oh, my like, God. People on board. <laughs> It's, I love how you're just laughing as you say wild. that. Like I, I remember watching it as a kid, and I was like, this movie is terrifying. It's like the scariest universal horror movie. Um, it's written, again, by John L. Balderston, who returned from Frankenstein. It's credited as the story being suggested by Barry and Shelley. Right? Suggested by... Because they took her characters and just... Mm-hmm. We're like, let's keep the these story are, going. These are mine now. Yeah. Uh, I just want to give two shout-outs to people that we didn't talk about last week. One, because they didn't work on Frankenstein, but they were here for this movie, and that's uh, Franz Waxman, who's the composer. He had a crazy long career. Oh, cool. He did a ton of things. Um, mostly outside of this movie, he's known for Hitchcock's Rebecca, Suspicion, and Rear Window, and he did Sunset Boulevard. Oh, nice. So, And then he ended up doing like a shitload of TV. Well, that became the new thing. Like the Twilight Zone. Oh, cool. So that's a thing. So you stayed kind of in the genre. Yeah. Um, so Franz Waxman. And then we didn't talk about him last week because the opening last week was really long. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just save him and talk about him. We'll bride. Okay. So Jack Pierce. Jack Pierce. Jack Pierce is the makeup man who designed the makeups for this movie and applied them. Uh, he was a Greek immigrant who came here to play baseball, but thankfully he sucked at it or at least wasn't good enough to make the team so that was a kind of okay and then ended up like people were baseball crazy then yeah just doing the thing where isn't it crazy that he's like now everyone talks about jack pierce as like the father of like makeup effects yeah and he would just like went That's to the not, studio that was his secondary job he went to the studio and was like uh i don't want to go back to greece can i just work here and they're like can you make copies and stuff and then he just worked his way into makeup he found something he wanted and then he was good at it he, yeah yeah um <laughs> that's how it used to be not like yeah. that anymore boomers basically so he did the makeups uh for a shitload of movies but i'm gonna just name a few because i think these are all important and i want to give him his due jack pierce um did the makeups for hold on <coughs> um the man who laughed which is a movie that they think the joker was based off of i'll cool. show you pictures it's creepy as fuck okay um Dracula, Frankenstein, White Zombie, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, Brian Frankenstein, Werewolf of London, The Raven, The Wolfman, and his last credit was Mr. Ed, the television show. Nice. I used to randomly watch that back when Nick at Night mm-hmm. was first kind of, remember it was half day. Yep. So that's that's our boy Jack Pierce. 
he Jack did the Pierce. makeup for this and Frankenstein, and it's fucking iconic. He basically created those genre. looks. Yeah. Okay. Again, that I mean, he that's the Fab Four: Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, and then Invisible Man. Yep. Uh, that brings us to speaking of the Mummy, okay, <laughs> and Frankenstein. He got like lower billing. Karloff got top billing in this movie. And he wasn't even in the opening credits at first. Um, uh, they for, gave him the question it, mark. Yeah, the question mark. It wasn't until the end. Yeah. They're like, mm, no one cares about the monster. And it turns out everyone cared about the monster. So he's the monster. He, you know, from Frankenstein and watching uh, last week in Frankenstein. The Mummy. Um, Isle of the Dead. He, Isle of the Dead or I, I Love? Okay, I watched Isle of the Dead. That's why I, but you just said it so fast. Like, was that different? I Love I, the Dead? I Love the Dead. Continue. No, I love the dead. Uh, so yeah, it's he's back top billing. Second billing is Elsa Lanchester. Elsa Lanchester. She is the bride seems like a, of a, Frankenstein. Okay. And she also plays Mary Shelley. Dun, 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 dun. Because Mary Shelley's in this movie. Thank God. Thank God. Hey guys, sorry we screwed up real bad. I'm it's gonna make you, someone very. They angry. gave a way bigger budget and a lot more freedom. To James Whale, and he was like, fuck it, I'll just put her in the movie. And he did. Good. So. Good. Um, let's talk about her for a second. So Elsa Lanchester was the daughter of two very high-profile active socialists who did not believe in marriage or being legally tethered to one another, or anyone for that matter. Okay. So due to this, Elsa's mother's father, her mother was Edith, and her father had her committed to an asylum in 1895 Whoa. Um, because of her, quote, unmarried state. Yeah, there you and, go. Uh, what yeah, else are you going to do with her? This received worldwide attention in the press and was known as the Lanchester kidnapping case. Whoa. Yeah. So that's her mom. That, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And the the shoe didn't, or the apple didn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> so... All right. Elsa was also fairly lefty and socially and um, politically. But she was trained as, as a dancer from the age of 10, first in Paris, then in London, uh, where she went on to have a successful stage career. Mm-hmm. Where And she was also friends and visited regularly or had visitors re- visits regularly with um, Aldous Huxley, H.G. Wells, cool. and James Whale. That is awesome. How the Can you imagine like just sitting around? Life? Yeah. Let's just talk. Let's just, you know. H.G. Wells just shows up. Let's <laughs> hang out with you. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Aldous Huxley. He's like, I'm writing a book. And you're like, I bet it's going to be good. That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bet it's going to be good. Um, before, uh, when she was living in England and this was her life, I think this was entertaining. She said that she kept busy when she wasn't acting by, quote, Posing nude for local artists. Oh, and then in nineteen, what year again? This is like the, the tens. The tens, yeah. The tens of the twenties. Okay. Uh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's a thing. That's a thing. Elsa Lanchester, God bless you, wherever you are. Swirling in the heavens somewhere. Yeah. Um. Also returning from the previous movie. Colin Clive returns as Henry Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, the The character of Elizabeth returns his wife, but she is played by a different actress. 
Not the waspy, waspy Not, thin. Yeah. This time by Valerie Hobson, who went on to be in Werewolf of London and Kind Hearts and Coronets. Kind Hearts and Coronets. Nice. I like that. Yeah, that is... I'll tell you more about that movie later. It's insane. All right. So Alec Guinness, who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. In the original yeah. Star Wars movie, plays like 12 members of this family. <laughs> okay. And like the, the women, the men, like the elderly, the young. He plays them all. The okay. Butler, he plays everything. He just plays everything. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a really fun movie. I highly recommend it. Nice. Speaking of fun movies, so the only other movie I can think of Elsa Lanchester being in, to go back to her for a second, was Murder by Death, which is very Clue. It's like okay. a Clue competitor. I love me some so Clue. where you were raised on Clue, we were a Murder by Death family. Gotcha. So. Okay. I'm a little leery of Murder by Death because... There's some racism in it, and I'm ah, sure. So. Well, there's a little homophobia in the uh, in the clue, but that's all right. Fair. Uh, Ernest uh, Thessing is Dr. Pretorius. Okay. He was in The Old Dark House and A Christmas Carol. He's going to be super important in this movie. So keep your eye out for Dr. Pretorius. Okay, I will keep my eye out wink, for Dr. Pitt. Wink, the other part of the two-men equation. Ah. <laughs> uh, and then Gavin Gordon plays Lord Byron in this movie. Does he have a club foot? He went on to be in Mystery of the Wax Museum. What is wild is Lord Byron was like the first like fuck boy. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody didn't matter, male, woman, like men wanted to be him. Women wanted him. He was controversial. He was, and he was, he technically, I mean, he was disabled. He didn't mm-hmm. dance. He had a yeah. club foot. Um, well, <laughs> Hold that thought for a second. Okay. Because the last person in the cast I'm going to mention is Douglas Walton, who plays Percy Shelley. And he was in Murder, My Sweet in the picture of Doreen Gray. Now. I've seen the Pat. Just so you're aware. I've seen Pat. I've seen the, that was um, me saying I've seen the portrait and I've seen that all at yeah. once. James Whale put in this movie and it got taken out. You know how he, like, with Frankenstein, it was like, now I know what it feels like to be God. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. Like, James Will put a not-so-subtle nod that all three of them were fucking. And the studio was like, no. Oh. I mean, that's kind of one their thing. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no. And he's like, but they were. Changing history. <laughs> and they were like, no. One, three. Sorry. Okay. Uh, a couple bits of trivia before we sail off to watch this all right this classic fucking i I cannot under like i love this movie all right um so colin clive's alcoholism had apparently visibly uh uh, worsened since the previous film but will didn't want to replace him due to what he called his quote hysterical quality of his acting yeah like he was like i mean we kind of need him even though he is he's the only guy who can go crazy yeah the uh cinematographer i forget his name but same thing he would they he had to have the a driver pick him up and take him home because he'd be so drunk he would just drink at work oh wonderful like that's that's white men get away with everything yeah (laughs) women can't wear pants uh clive also broke his leg in a horse riding accident oh probably probably drunk, drunk I right was before say. shooting began so if you notice almost all the scenes Are... of frankenstein he is setting oh i thought it was gonna be waist up but okay same yeah. diff he is setting and then we talked about how like frankenstein kind of was a small movie right because they were like 
they didn't think it was going to be right. the hit it was. Well, for this movie, they they knew. were like James Whale. They tried to make a movie earlier, right? This is four years after, and James Whale didn't want to do it. And then they were like, we'll give you moderate carte blanche. And they gave him 46 days to shoot it and $400,000. Oh, damn. <laughs> Okay. Which is which he drank a away in fuck six days. Load of money. Yeah, it is, especially if you break it down. Damn. Yeah. Well, I, Colin Clive was not not Colin Clive. God, um, James Whale was not, to my knowledge, the person who would drink a lot, and he would have Damn. spent he would have spent the money on like luxurious trips with the fellas. Ah, like so with that's, the boys. Yeah, he spent mm. a lot of time with the, the boys. boys. Yeah, so did I, honey. God bless you, James Whale. <laughs> Any other fun facts? Any cool trivia? Yeah, I mean, there's a shitload of trivia, well, let's see. but it's all going to be on the back half. Cool. All right, so this is a classic movie. We're going to see this. Uh, we own the Blu-ray, I'm sure, but it's available on Amazon for a very small fee. So this is the part of the podcast. Josh is going to show me a poster. I'm going to tell you what it's about. But this is The Bride of Frankenstein. We all know what it's about. There it is. The hair. The face. More fearful than the monster himself, The Bride of Frankenstein, featuring or starring Karloff. All right, I'm going with my gut here. They're the monster in in an effort to tame him. What can tame a man but a woman? And so they make her a woman. Not sure why her hair has to do that, but that's all right. Well, we're okay with it. Thoughts? I can't wait to tell you how they did that after we watched the movie nice okay well off we go join us won't you mind the doors Hey guys, welcome back from watching the B of F, The Bride of Frankenstein. 
the uh the I think there's more imagery that people remember from this movie than the first one. Does that make sense? I think, you know, definitely the Bride of Frankenstein, but also the uh the blind monk and all that. It all kind of comes from this movie, not the first one. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can have one without the other, obviously, but I think <laughs> The, the imagery is so tied together, mm-hmm. even though these movies came out years apart. And totally different cast in certain parts, yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand why... Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we watched this movie. Um, this movie is about um, one, of the, one of Dr. Frankenstein's uh, former teachers has learned how to create life but doesn't know how to reanimate a body so he comes and finds frankenstein and frankenstein agrees to start up his practice again and they create a uh, a female frankenstein meanwhile the other monster is off having adventures and killing people by accident and learning about how fucked up white people are there you go that's, uh, That's there's synopsis? my synopsis of the entire movie. Uh, Karloff speaks in this. The monster a lot. actually speaks. A few times. He learns to talk. He has the final, does he have the, is what he says the last line of the movie? Go, think so. you live, or we die. Final, you know, um, you live, we deserve we to die. We deserve to die. And it blows the thing up. <clears throat> and yet that's Spoiler still the not ending. the end of the franchise, even though it got blown up. What is the... Uh, accepted um, the IMDb synopses is Mary Shelley reveals the main characters of her novel survive I forgot about that part Dr. Frankenstein goaded by an even madder scientist builds his monster a mate I forgot to mention that it opens with um, that trio of Mr. and Mrs. Percy B. Shelley and Lord uh, Jordan what is it George or Gordon Lord Byron, whatever the fuck his mm-hmm. name was. I, I feel like before we start getting into I talking like that about part. this movie and what's going on, and even kind of what happens, what should we it's talk worth about? Noting first. that um, James Whale, the director, did not want to do a sequel at and all. For a time, Universal was going to do a sequel without him, and they were actually talking about maybe doing an educated monster continuing Henry's research. Oh, uh, well, okay. Another chronicle of Henry's creation they didn't do that. of a death ray on the eve of a world war. Okay. Uh, however, they couldn't seem to come up with anything that they liked enough to stick or go into production with. And after four years of Universal just hounding Whale to come back and do this, he agreed, essentially given carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. Okay, and this is what he chose to do. And this is untethered by the novel yes <laughs> he, is this is pure fiction james whale what he wanted from this movie yep. and i think um it, this movie is better than frankenstein for that i think that's why it's more memorable as well i think it it stuck with its i must said readers it stuck with its uh viewers more and and frankenstein's a lot for being so sad he is a lot scarier because he, he kills more. It's not just by accident. It's also like, fuck, shut up, woman. You know? <laughs> that kind of a thing. Yeah. Want to get that as a soundbite to yes. just play? I'm sitting going, shut up, woman. Shut up, woman. Um, no, I think this movie's got a lot of interesting stuff going for it. And it definitely 
moves out of kind of the it's still gothic horror like Mm -hmm. the way the first one is but it definitely moves more into fantasy yeah because with the little dr pretorius (laughs) has created like little tiny like think like paper doll size but they're humans a a, a king a queen you know it's goofy in that sense but i think that kicks it into the fantasy realm yeah for sure you mentioned and i think it's worth noting that Dr. Pretorius, who is coded very effeminate, very very gay, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, Um, he shows up and is like, hello, Henry. Hello, Henry. He's throwing his hands all over the place. And it's funny because this movie is not long by today's standards. No. So. Which, Ben, I loved that. Yeah, but he has a moment where he basically asks Henry to go back to doing his, like, research with him. And create life. And Colin Clive's like, no, no, no. And then five minutes later, okay. after he sees the little people, he's like, my God, what, what, what is this? And I he's, like, super into it. Yes, I'm doing it. this like, now. It, it, the turn is so fast. Very fast. Like, it's like... He barely puts up a, yeah. a fight. Like, it's no, like putting please, a bottle no. of alcohol in front of someone who just got out of like <laughs> sober living. And yeah. they're like, oh, no, as they're uncorking the bottle. Exactly. This was a very, we, were to, we kind of went on a dive about this. Like we, you talked about how he's coded as gay. And we learned that the actor was very, he was openly gay, right? I don't think he was openly gay, but in a lot of circles, it was well known. Well known. That the actor who played Dr. Pretorius was very gay. And... Colin Clive was... The director. Uh, well, Colin Clive, Dr. Frankenstein, is... Was rumored. Was known as a kind of low-key as a bisexual. Yeah. And then Elsa Lanchester was married to Charles Lawton, who... Had a had, very open marriage. Yeah, had a, had a thing for the fellas. And then, of course, James Whale, the director, we talked about this last week. Right. It was um, kind of his downfall. Was open so again. Open. Mm-hmm. So this movie is kind of, I think, the first... I think this is what we're talking about, the gay agenda. In the first movie, we kind of talked about how it's this idea of playing God and creating something. And, yeah. And that's not what this movie is really about. This movie is about two... It, it's, it is kind of about two men trying to create life it, it, mm-hmm. in... Not in a sexual way, but in a very like paternal way. At no point are they do they think of, well, let's just put like sperm and egg together. It's like no, let's reanimate dead tissue. Yeah, yeah, and even I think the the main cuts like we talked about with Frankenstein, they wanted them to cut the line, or at least throw lightning over it of like now I know what it's like to be God because they're like oh the hubris of saying you're gonna be like God, in this. Universal and the ratings board was like, could you tone down the like thruple at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> but like, it's still very heavy. Because it's very, but like where it's super implied in the current version of the film, apparently in the, what was originally shot, okay. it wasn't really implied so much as it was basically like them looking at the camera and going, we're fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. So this is like a ta- like a triple team situation. <laughs> uh, so that's a thing. So this movie does it basically opens with like with Mary. A well, yeah, Mary explaining to them like, well, no, that's not the end because Byron just can't shake it, and 
he said, and she says, well, that's not the end. There's more. And on they go. That's who was played by Elsa Lanchester. Who, who also played the, the bride. bride. Right. All right. Fabulously. And then you, you have a gay director who has carte blanche and fills this movie with like noted gay and or bisexual actors and crew as best he could. Excellent. And then he's like telling a story about two, two men. Basically like a man who created another man and then abandon it. Yeah. <laughs> as men are as men are wont to do. Exactly. But then this other like super effeminate man comes along who's the villain. Yes. And is is taking wine on a coffin and he's 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 very, very effeminate. He's very fae, and I love it so much. He's he so like he's the best part of the movie, and he's definitely the meant to be the bad guy. But instead, know, you're like he's I don't know fabulous. if I would say he's the best part about the movie, but I mm, enjoy him. I like him a lot. I enjoy him so much more than Henry Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like, he's basically it's like this weird like looking back at it and talking about it now. He's like a temptress because. Yes. Henry With gets out of the first The movie. previous life. Somehow he gets chucked off the top of a windmill. And survives. And survives. He not only got chucked, but like he hit the he, he blade hit the, going down. Yeah. And then it kind of took him back up as he fell off again. Uh, <laughs> so he, he survives that. He recuperates. And marries, and, quote, the same woman, unquote. Yeah, marries a... <laughs> Was it Valerie Hobson in this one? I'm not sure the name, but... but totally different. Same, doesn't even same look character, the same. different actress. Doesn't even look and, the same. Remotely. Anyway. Didn't even try. Uh, short bob blonde to a long-haired brunette in this yep. one. Uh, so that's a thing. But, so he's married to her. They don't seem to have a super amount of chemistry. And yeah. like, Henry's just kind of like laying in bed in a smoking <sighs> jacket. And he's like, my God, I'm just in pain from being chucked off that windmill. And then, <laughs> oh, darling. And then Dr. Pretorius like storms in. And just like and that. It, and then Henry's like, my God. And then within Seconds. one to two scenes, mm-hmm. he's visiting him in his home. And then he goes from like... They're going to create life together, baby. Yeah, he goes from like, I'm going away with my wife to get away from all this craziness. On a nonsense. honeymoon. I've learned my lesson going to my honeymoon to like, I'm going with this man, this effeminate man up this mountain to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> that is children. 100% how that went down. Um very much like that. I liked this movie better than the original. I, I like the sequel I like this was movie better. More too, and and I, it, it, there's so many like themes and layers. Like obviously, there's what we were talking about with the, um, the gay agenda, as I put it. Yeah, well, like the queer coding in a way, mm-hmm. right, of the characters, because Frankenstein's monster Karloff is like the ultimate outsider, right? He's been rejected by everyone. His yeah. father. Or creator. And at the end, by the person that was, you know, made for him, quite literally. Yep. They make him a, quote, perfect mate from scratch. Mm -hmm. So he won't be alone. And even then, he's even more alone than he's ever been. Yeah, because now he has rejection. He's the ultimate outsider. He's, like, what I assume, and I I mean, I can't say this for sure, but I would assume, like, a James Whale, someone who was gay in that time period, would have felt like at times, right? Like, I wasn't asked to be born, like... The monster makes it very clear, like, he was fine being dead. Dead, yeah. He didn't ask for someone to, like, bring him back to life. Was he's like... (laughs) Yeah, hate, love, love death, death, hate, hate living. That was it, living. Um, So the idea that he's just made, and then 
by his abandoned. sheer existence, people are angry at him. Yeah. You know, even before, like, he goes, this rampage and starts killing people. Yeah. In the first just... film, he's just, he's a monster by the by oh. his sheer nature. Mm-hmm. And he has no say in it. And he has I a think, gentle nature, yeah. but just, yeah. And I think that is, well, whether he intends it or not, it's... It's coming it's through. It's gay coding, right? It's queer coding. It's the idea of, like, othering someone to the point where they have to lash out to get attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of takes me to another point I want to talk about, which is Frankenstein's monster in these movies. And I think it's even clearer in this one than the first one. What's that? He's only acting out the violence that's been shown to him. Right. Right? Like, even in the first film, one of the first things we see once he's alive is the Fritz character, mm-hmm. the, the Igor, as it would <laughs> later be, is just fucking with him with a torch. <laughs> right. And in this, he's, like, basically, like, burned up in a windmill, left for dead, and then people just keep fucking with well, him. And he was being perfectly, like, life was perfectly fine with him and the hermit. And Spooky. everything was going great until Yeah, let's talk about up. the hermit and double back to some gay coding. Okay, let's talk about it. So Karloff uses the term friend and wife interchangeably for the bride. Yes. And he also uses the term friend in the same way to the hermit, about the hermit. And they have like a really good, healthy relationship between two grown men. Correct. Right, and it's only like the macho hunters that show up that ruin that. That ruin it, yeah. Right, so white people. Yep. So they have this like they're having supper, and he and they're the, the and blind he's teaching hermit, him, and the blind hermit was like literally thanking God for sending him this friend, and yeah, nobody and cared yeah. what the hermit had to say when he was like, "No, this is my, everything's fine, guys. We're good here. You don't, we don't need your help." The hunters show up, see that it's Frankenstein's monster. And then immediately shoot him, and in the bruja that follows, it, they burn the hermit's house down. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was fine. He was Perfect. fine until you showed up. Thanks, right? guys. Like, like most of humanity. They were fine until the hunters got there. Or until, like, the super macho guys got there. I think yes. that, that's kind of, like, the whole point. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, and, and he only is acting out... Like he st- he throws that woman down the well, <laughs> or down down the. That's what I was talking about. The ruins of the. Well, she was picking window. on him. I mean, it, it's just he's basically like, he's had enough, and he he becomes, like the hatred, that he's experienced. Right. Right. Like how they've manifested his, his brutality. Yeah. How could you not change with that much hate being thrown at you? He was a blank slate, and he was written on with violence. You know, and if that's not saying something about humanity, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. This movie, man, it's got it's got the it's layers. It's got layers. I enjoy it. Uh, I Did... enjoy this movie a lot. Uh, I do want to talk quickly because you mentioned it about the role of women in this movie, and I think it's very interesting that they specifically build him a mate to be his wife, right? And she's having none of it. Like she's nope. not in the movie a lot, but when she's like awake and cognizant of the world around her and her interactions with him she rejects him right off the bat nope she's basically rejecting the bride role that she's been created for and i think that's pretty ahead of its time i think you're right about that i wonder if anybody if any you know young girl seeing that in the theater was like yeah i don't like boys either 
I'm going to scream like that when they touch. She kisses. Yeah. Uh, Before she has her voice. Yeah. Another weird thing I mentioned to you off mic before we started was it's this thing where normally in a movie where you have a very effeminate villain like Dr. Pretorius, you have a very macho or masculine counter. Right. You have a foil. You have the the exact opposite. Right. Like you have a, a feminine British general person and it's Tarzan. Right, or it's always like you know, point counterpoint. It's like sad it's very Romeo and party one, Lucio. One yeah. amps the other one up, right? Right. That's what a foil. That's the whole purpose yeah. of the. There isn't one in this. Instead, you're left almost thinking like you know, Prestoria is not a bad guy. This Frankenstein guy is like a wet noodle pussy. Like, at least maybe that's maybe that was just me. Maybe. So, uh, I think this movie's ahead of its time for everything we just mentioned, right? Yes. For the coding of, like, characters as gay, or standing in for gay characters, uh, the role of women and their rejection of that role. Yep. All this stuff is so ahead of its time. And another thing that just narratively I want to talk about before we move on is, this movie's very interesting because who's the lead? Yeah, that's a great question. That's what I was thinking about. Uh, it's not Dr. Frankenstein, because like I said, he's just, he's a wet mop. He's just there to further the plot along. He's not even really needed. And then, so is it Pretorius? Dr. Pretorius, whatever his name he's is? He's the villain. I think he's very Is he the villain, but is he also, he can, be the pro, he can be the protagonist and still be the bad guy. I think it's Karloff's monster. Well, then, is do we have a, be. yeah, because it does follow his journey and it's his kind of arc. Um, and how they all play into it. So, may- yeah, maybe. But this movie doesn't have a definitive nope. hero protagonist. Nope. Which is so Not like you're expecting it would. It doesn't have like a Van Helsing, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm going up to kill the monster. It's or, no, we're going to create another monster. Or, or even that. Like, so you take Pretorius, who I think is clear this stand in for the villain. Mm-hmm. Right. He's our antagonist. And then, but Frankenstein's monster works with him. Clear up until almost the end of the movie. Yes. Right? He becomes like, knowing what Pretorius wants to do, he's he down for the it. same thing, so they're... He understands, like, what, what he, he understands what the goal is. Their desires and goals align, so he kind of becomes like... The Igor. Pretorius's henchman. Yeah. To get Frankenstein to do it, and Frankenstein is... I don't... Like, this movie doesn't really have a hero. No. It lacks <laughs> and, that. And it's it's just a bunch of like... It's one evil character. After another. And Pretorius. And then I think everyone else is kind of gray. That's, yeah. Right? That's like, fair. Like Frankenstein's monster, you feel horrible for him. And I kind of, you know, he's my favorite. He's my favorite character in the movie. Him and the bride, even though the bride's just maybe like three minutes. If that. And, um, but he like throws that woman down. In the, <laughs> yeah. Like into that water and like kills Shut her. The fuck he's up. straight chokes and like and uh, drowns that guy but then he saves that woman who falls off the thing well like, only to have her scream in his face yeah it's so weird like can't this monster can't catch a break you there's i can't think of another movie that doesn't have like a hero a lead that doesn't follow the early <laughs> yeah right like that's some shit that you get later where it's like you know oh it's like one like one shitty character Who's a villain, and then a, everyone else is kind of like Shades of Grey. Yeah. This is the only other movie, like the only movie of its time you can think of that did that. 
I'm having a hard time thinking of another one. Like, hmm. I know that there's Have like we stumped you, but there's like hero characters, especially other Universal movies. Like, we talked about James Whale making the the Invisible Man. Like, the Invisible right. Man is clearly the biggest villain of that movie, and, and maybe yeah. the biggest villain James Whale ever had in a movie. Like, the Invisible Man is pretty fucking gnarly. That's a bad guy. But there's like good guys trying to stop him. <laughs> Right? So, hmm. Like, I, the only characters in this movie that are, like, innocent, don't kill anyone, is and the, are good, is the wife. Frankenstein's wife yeah, and the Bride of Frankenstein. That is yeah, it. that's it. All the men are either complicit. I was going to say Pretorius didn't kill anybody, but yeah, he's complicit, and that's or, for sure. Or they've killed someone, <laughs> yeah. or they've done something horrible. Like You're absolutely right. Wild. Funny. Very interesting. I don't it's know, crazy it's, the stuff that's hidden in these old movies that people don't think about. Especially for a movie that's, what, an hour and like ten minutes? There's a lot to like say that. in that hour and ten. I really I like this one. Like I said, I liked it better than the original. Um, I don't know what that means or, or what that says about me. Uh, we are in agreement. Yeah. I will uh, throw some trivia your way about this movie. Hit me up. To see if it jogs anything else loose, but... So Karloff protested against the decision to make the monster talk, but he was overruled. Uh, and since being forced to talk in this movie, he wasn't able to remove his partial bridge work. Oh, so it doesn't have the sunken face. Yeah, which is why he looks different from the first Frankenstein movie. Okay. And <laughs> he, d- I did notice that there were, I did, back and put my finger on it, what was different about him. Yeah, and speaking of speech patterns, okay. also Lanchester said her spitting and hissing performance was inspired by the Swans in Regent's Park in London. And she said, quote, they're really very nasty creatures. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, Boris Karloff sweated off 20 pounds, wavering in that costume and makeup Dang. under those lights. And when filming the scene where he comes out of the burnt windmill, mm-hmm. he slipped and fell into the water. Uh, yeah. Which was a set, and upon being helped out, it was discovered that he had dislocated a hip in the fall. Ooh. He was, the hip was strapped back into place, and he kept filming. He continued Whoa. to receive massage and heat treatments for the hip for the rest of the shooting of the film. Keep on, keep on going. Dang. Yeah. Uh, Elsa Lanchester was only about five foot four, but for the role, she was placed on stilts that made her about seven foot tall. Okay. Yeah, the bandages were placed so tightly on her that she was unable to move and had to be carried around the studio and fed through a straw. Oh, wow. That's some Olivia Newton-John shit right there. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, You mentioned the little homunculi, the little bottle people that Pretorius made. So the tiny mermaid. Yeah, the tiny mermaid and the bottle was Josephine McKim, who was a member of the 1924 and 28 U.S. Women's Olympic swim team. Hell yeah. And one of the four members of the team to win the 1928 gold medal in the 400 meter freestyle relay. Get it, girl. She was also Marino Sullivan's body double and the wonderful nude swimming scene in Tarzan and His Mate from 1934. I haven't seen it, but uh, okay. Uh, we mentioned the Bride of Frankenstein is not in this movie very much, even though she's the title character. <laughs> yeah. She's in the movie for I was surprised by that. three minutes for the sure. film's runtime. Um, <laughs> and originally the film had an epilogue, okay. which featured Elsa Lanchester back as Mary Shelley, but they gotcha. cut it from the final film because they felt it was unneeded. And several scenes were cut after censors' objections, 
references to the scandal- scandalous sexual arrangements of Mary Shelley and Byron were eliminated. <laughs> there was apparently a line in the movie. Are you ready for this line? I'm ready. Uh, quote, we are all three infidels, scoffers at all marriage ties, believing only in living freely and fully. Ah, that's true. Uh, and that is how they yeah. believed. The censor's office. But you see how, like, by censoring that, like, that's so wild. I mean, everyone knows if you study, you know, that that was their life. That's what they were. That's what they were about. Mm-hmm. 100%. And to censor that, it's like, well, that doesn't give you any, like, that, that's the truth. You can't censor the truth. I guess you can. You, oh, you one hundred percent can. Look at historically. Oh, so for, many I know. I'm just. World. I'm just pointing that out. Like, yeah, the censor's office also objected to shots considered to be quote too revealing of Elsa Lanchester's cleavage in the prologue. Okay. So there you go. Elsa Lanchester's shock hairdo was held in place by a wired horsehair cage. Oh. Yeah. That must have been so uncomfortable. Yikes. Uh, Dr. Pretorius's full name in the script is Septimus Pretorius. He sounds like a transformer. Uh, that's Latin and means Royal Seven, a reference to the Seven Deadly Sins. Oh. Which is kind of who he was. Gotcha. Anything else fun, uh, uh, factual, other, other, or otherwise? Karloff was paid $2,500 a week, which ended up being about 12500 which was a gigantic sum in the mid-30s. Wow, okay. Yep. Um, I mean, I'd love that now, but I'm also a teacher. I'm not sweating <laughs> 20 pounds off. Yeah, and, and I think the money was nice, but it also, like, the role itself... It gave him purpose. He problems, and it made it so much worse. Yeah. Like, he started walking with a cane after these movies. Like, it fucked him up. Like, this movie made his career. And but at what Frankenstein cost? Frankenstein and Ride of Frankenstein are really, like, the movies that made Karloff Karloff. Like, he got top fucking billing in this movie. Yeah. But this movie and the first one wrecked his body. Poor thing. That's right? crazy. Like, what are we watching next week? Are we are we continuing? Do are, Does it fit? I didn't think that we could do pre-Arkov Arkov. Let's give it a shot. Okay, so let's use Sam Ziarkov's name and the uh, acronym for uh, an excellent movie. A, action. Yes, it starts off, he kills that lady. (laughs) Uh, R, revolutionary. Well, I wouldn't know. Is this revolutionary? I I think everything we just talked about with all the coding and everything. Yeah, I think this is pretty revolutionary. Killing, yep, right off. We have tons of killing. Uh, What am I missing? Oratory, yes, tons. We've been I mean, quoting just, this movie at each other for, like, the past day. Yeah. And, and the imagery. I mean, I would say, even if they're not, like, speeches, like, that turn and scream from Bride of Frankenstein is, you know, iconic. Um, and then nudity. No, not nudity. What's the other fantasy. one? For, fantasy and fornication. Yes, obviously fantasy. Frankenstein revealing the dead. And then fornication, I guess at the time, you know, she was awful skinny and wrapped up tight, maybe? Well, I think... I mean, like we said, there was cleavage at the beginning of the movie. Ooh, the, the but that got cut out. Problem with, I mean, it's the time, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so funny because you look at pre-code movies, right? So Hollywood was cranking movies out and before there was a censorship code. Because essentially, like, someone was like, someone needs to get a handle on these Hollywood guys because they're out of control. <laughs> and pre-code movies were things like, 
Yeah, I'm, I I do heroin and I fuck dudes basically. Wow. And then, <laughs> like women in like super revealing shit. Like it was wild. And then, the censorship office came in and they're like, "Make sure you don't see her cleavage. Make sure they don't say that they know what it's like." <laughs> My to be how God times now. have changed. Like it's so weird. Like in a handful of years, like they slipped way into puritanism. And well, and look at crazy. how far we've come from that. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Okay. But where we would have been if we hadn't have had that backwards trip. So I think this does fit Arkov. I think this is the only really good exploitation. We definitely um, had other movies that did not fit as well that we still said, eh, it kind of fits. Except Um, for the nudity thing, but or the fornication. But But for the time, okay. Yeah. And I think this movie is, I think it's a good exploitation movie. But I think it's art. This movie is art. And I love it. And it just makes me so happy to watch and talk about um this is really high on like the universal horror movies this is really high on my list this movie's probably in my top definitely my top three maybe my top two dang so i bride of frankenstein is so and that you think bride of frankenstein's higher so good yeah i mean spoiler for the end of the month when we rank these but yeah i i think i think bride of frankenstein is better than frankenstein because i I like Frankenstein, but it's more to Mary Shelley's novel. Gotcha. Yeah. So there were certain like conceits and things they have to hit. They didn't have that. They weren't constrained by that. I mean, it sets up Bride. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. But uh, for me, Bride of Frankenstein is the better movie. I enjoy it. It's it's more fantasy. It's more romantic. It's more fun. Everything. Okay. So would you watch this with your children? I don't think they'd be into it, but I wouldn't have a problem. No, I think they'd be bored. It's the again, it's the pacing, and there's no nudity. I mean, come on, my kids want the nudes. That's a joke. I'm kidding. Well, they actually they do. And scene. <laughs> what are we watching next week? Speaking of, are we watching another Frankenstein? Nudity, Cindy, you know what? Thank you for setting me up with that nudity, uh, because <laughs> you're I'm welcome. Gonna, I'm gonna spike it home with this transition. Let's do this. So speaking of nudity. Uh, next week is Reanimator. <laughs> Reanimator. Oh, yeah. we, uh, you have a poster for that, don't you? H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. Okay. Now you have... Just, I have a From Beyond poster. Oh, you have the figure for this. Yeah, I have a... You have a have figurine? A Her- Herbert West figure that's autographed by um, Jeffrey Combs. But we'll talk about Jeffrey Combs and my abiding love for him next week okay well then until then i'm josh and i'm cindy and i'm still his girlfriend and bride of reanimator fucking rules bride of reanimator bride of frankenstein fucking rules